Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday, which means class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell of NFL Films University momentarily. Always love talking to the executive producer of the NFL matchup show on ESPN about these matchups coming up this weekend. Week 18 in the NFL. Of course, I'll make my predictions and picks for every game on tomorrow's Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Even Money Betting Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all already posted, ready for you this week to listen to on whatever podcast app you use or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Excited to announce some winners. Excited to send you guys either a video that I make on my phone or some signed press passes. Just make sure you're doing your part to spread the word via social media somehow or rate and review the show or you take advantage of any of the sponsors that you hear or you see on the sponsor page at RossTucker.com or of course go to YouTube.com slash NFL. Hit the thumbs up and reply to any video asking for a cameo style shout out. It's big show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, a lot to get into, although it's kind of become a backup quarterback palooza for a lot of these <laughs> games this weekend. I want to start with uh, maybe the, the, the two most interesting games to me from last weekend and break them down really on both sides. Let's start with that Arizona Cardinals-Eagles game, which was a gigantic upset. And let's start with, maybe they're tied in together, Greg, but let's start with Kyler Murray because Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Cardinals this week, said, no doubt in his mind, Kyler Murray is his guy next year. Kyler Murray is his quarterback. Obviously, he had a very good game, Greg. He's been around a little while now. What did you see from Kyler Murray in that game against the Eagles? What have you seen from him this season? 
Yeah, I think it's all tied together with the way they're playing offense. Kyler Murray is a very, very talented kid, Ross. I mean, the you know, the only real negative about him from a physical traits perspective is that he's never going to be more than 5'10 and a quarter or 5'10 and a half. But he's got a big-time arm. He obviously is an explosive athlete. Um, he's mastered, because of his size, the ability to make throws literally falling away because he's had to do that his whole life because uh, ultimately, you know, he can't stand tall in the pocket. So you're talking about a, a, a highly gifted physical traits player. Um, but I think what we saw last week was that the run game was a major, major factor in the, in their offense. And I think that that is something that is kind of required with Kyler Murray. And he can beat you in multiple ways. We know that. You know, you know, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. You've talked to coaches. You just know it. We all know it, that no defensive coordinator loves to play quarterbacks, that when you get beyond 2.5 seconds of any play, it seems like there's another play, a second play, because the quarterback has great secondary action movement, either to get out of the pocket to throw or to run. Um, and tied in with the run game, which was dominant last week against the Eagles defense, now that be- adds to efficiency throwing on first down. And that's where Murray was really, really good last week. He was really good throwing on first down, 11 for 14 for 132 and a touchdown. So, you know, I think Murray can be your guy, but I think you have to understand that other things have to go with that. You mentioned, obviously, they were going against the Eagles defense. What what what's going on there, Greg? Like what what has happened to them and what what did you see from from that side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, for most of the season, if you talk about their pass defense, they've been unable to rush the quarterback, and their secondary is not very good. They lack speed. They've not covered well. But this past week in the run game, uh, they they just got eaten up at the point of attack. They got moved at the point of attack. And the gap integrity by second and third level players was just not very good at all. And in addition, they did not set the edge. So they were bad in all areas. You know, the one thing that I looked up when I got in actually this morning was since week 11, and I think this is a very interesting, uh, you know, stat. Since week 11, the Eagles have played more snaps on defense than any team in the National Football League. And I think, you know, that's not looked upon very often, number of snaps a defense plays. But there have been studies done through the years that basically show that there's a certain number of snaps, and it's usually in the 64-65 range numbers-wise, that beyond that, defenses sort of lose their efficiency. The Eagles are way above that. And you're seeing Jordan Davis have to pl- play a lot of snaps. Jalen Carter went through a stretch playing a lot of snaps. And as talented as he is, he never did that at Georgia. So they're having some issues on the inside in terms of stopping the run. And we know about their pass coverage deficiencies and their pass rush deficiencies. That's been a problem all year. That's really interesting because uh, last year, they they were hardly ever on defense. It felt like you know. I mean, they they always had a lead. They were always possessing the ball in the second half, and they you know the defense would come out so fresh and make a bunch of plays. And and you made a great point right there, Ross. They were always ahead in the third and fourth quarter of games last year. So it was it was you they could rush the quarterback. They didn't have to buck up and play the run very much last year in the second half of games. I mean, I don't remember every single game, but they they played very few games last year that were nail biters in the third and fourth quarter. Let's dive into some of the uh, the games this weekend. Actually, you know what? I take that back. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, because I'm sure you watched it. Neither one of them 
has necessarily a marquee game this weekend, but I know you watched the tape. Lions and Cowboys, Greg. Obviously, yeah. there's been a lot of conversation about what happened at the end of the game, but I'm curious what you saw the rest of the game in that matchup between those teams who very possibly could play against each other again in a few weeks in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I looked more in detail, Ross, at the um, – um, the Cowboys defense, because I, I, I'm very, I'm always, I've always been intrigued by the Cowboys defense, their use of personnel, the fact that their stunt percentage is the second highest in the league. I love what they do with their uh, personnel deployment and front alignments. Um, we know that Parsons moves all around, but I think sometimes lost in that shuffle is Demarcus Lawrence, who they move him around as well. He's a really good player. Even Dorrance Armstrong, they move him around. You know, they're really good with interior stunts, what we call TT stunts. I find their defense um, in terms of personnel usage and, and what they do up front to be really, really fascinating. And I think that they're a very difficult defense to play against. Um, you know, the back end, I think Gilmore still solid. I think Bland is a very beatable player. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting how, you know, teams decide to, to attack him. Um, you know, he got beat last week by Jamison Williams on a deep ball. Williams just ran right by him because Bland really does not run very well. Um, so, you know, that's where they potentially have issues. But that what they do up front, to me, is, is really, really intriguing. Interesting. All right. Well, what about some of these games this weekend? And I think, you know, one of the ones on Saturday that I'm fascinated by Ravens and the Steelers. Now, obviously, we're going to see some backups for the Ravens, but the Steelers need to win the game. And just, Greg, when we kind of left the Steelers for dead, in comes Mason Rudolph, and they've got back-to-back games where they score 30-some points. What is going on? And taking nothing away from Mason Rudolph, he's made some really good throws, but all of a sudden they're running the ball big time. I mean, and we know that they want their offensive identity to start with the running game and the power element that it brings with Harris as the foundation. Um, And Harris, the last two games, is 46 for 200. But just to show you the kind of runner he is, he only has three runs of 10-plus yards. He's a sustaining grinder. That's what he is. That's what they want. Um, Obviously, they'd love for him to be more because he's got limited lateral and vertical juice. But they've been... They've been sustaining offense with the run game, and Warren has been a factor, but quite frankly, it's been much more Najee Harris the past uh, two games. You know, as I said, 46 rushes, that's an average of 23 a game, so they've been able to run the ball. Um, they've, They've really been multiple with their run game concepts, and then they've worked off that a bit with Rudolph. Rudolph has not turned the ball over. He's not getting sacked very much. That's all critical because you want to stay on schedule um, and you want to be able to control the pace and tempo of the game. And he's made some vertical throws. When he came out of Oklahoma State, that was one of his strengths. He he could make vertical throws. Um, so, you know, th- th- they really have sort of found what I think Mike Tomlin wants them to be on offense. Which is run the ball and take some deep shots, play action. I think that's, yeah. And and when they can run the ball like they've been running it, then, you know, it changes every, you know, this, you, you're an offensive lineman. When you can control the game running the ball, the whole game changes. It really does. Because then that's like the primary concern of the defense and trying to stop the run. And then play action, you end up having so much time to throw because those defensive linemen are playing run for the first two seconds. By the time they realize it's a pass, 
and try to go to a transition rush, it's going to be real hard. And you know, real hard to transition rush. It's not an easy thing no, to do. And, and the overlook it's not a part, natural thing to do. No, and the overlook and so then part you of have, you know, you should have lots of time and pretty wide open windows. And the overlook part of that, Ross, is it eats up clock, controls the game, and the other the opposing offense. You know, there, there just becomes a little lack of patience on the opposing offense because they feel like the possessions start to shrink, and it changes the way the opposing play caller calls the game. It's well said, Greg. Um, speaking of well said, whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a W because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno classic crust pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Greg, let's talk about the Saturday night game. I didn't realize until a couple days ago that it's win and you're in. <laughs> I know. For the Texans and the Colts. I didn't realize that the AFC South was so likely to get two teams in. Very interesting. So you got the Texans. They got Stroud back against the Colts. Two first-year head coaches that have done an outstanding job, obviously. And on some level, you know, they've got a closing argument to make for coach of the year. Win that game Saturday night, standalone game on ESPN or whatever, and getting your team into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, a couple of things, uh, if we just focus on the Texans for a moment. They obviously had Stroud back. And, you know, I I thought that Stroud in this particular game, because of the way it played out against the Titans, where they pretty much controlled the game and were ahead, I thought he played such a mature professional quarterback game. Obviously, for fantasy people, the numbers might not be what they wanted them to be, you know, in terms of yardage. But that game did not demand that he push the ball down the field. It didn't demand that he throw for 350. He just made the throws that were there. He didn't force anything down the field. He understood the score and flow of the game. He played with efficiency and control. And, you know, that might seem like a simple thing, Ross, but that's not a simple thing. And, and, and I just thought that he played at a really, really high level given the nature of that game. And I thought it was just a very mature game for a young quarterback. And the other thing, I'm not sure a lot of people are aware of how well the, the Texans' defense has played of late. You know, they, they're a much better defense than people might be aware. And they're getting really good play from a lot of players who, look, everybody knows Will Anderson. He only played 12 snaps last week, almost all on third down. He did have two sacks. Um, and he's actually had a very high pressure rate this year as an individual player. But, um, you know, their defense has played really well. They've got some players who've been around the league who are good players. Maybe not all pro stars, but good players. And, you know, this defense has played very, very well over the last six, eight weeks. Meanwhile, the Colts, you know, I don't think anybody thought they'd be 9-7 and seven at this no. point, Greg, especially after Richardson went down. Yeah, I think Shane Steichen deserves a lot of credit for yep. getting them to this point with Gardner Minshew. 
And don't forget, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor much of the year either. You know, everybody just assumed he'd be the bell cow, and he's that kind of back when healthy, and he showed some of that last week, and, you know, it appears now he's healthy and ready to be who he is. Um, But defensively, I think if you said before the season, Ross, that they'd be in the top five in the NFL in sacks, I think people would be really surprised by that. You know, Gus Bradley's their coordinator, and everybody just says, oh, Gus Bradley, he plays zone. Well, he does on first and second down, but on third down, they play a lot more man, and they blitz a lot more on third down. So it's not just, okay, zone, you know, you, you know. I mean, they're not an easy defense tactically to play against, and they've got some players that, you know, obviously everybody knows about DeForest Buckner, but the reason they easily let... Uh, Shaq Leonard go was because EJ Speed has played really well at linebacker. Zaire Franklin for the last two years has been one of the best three down linebackers in the league. So, and they're playing two rookie corners, which is really interesting. And they're holding up on defense. Boy, that's impressive. Let's talk about a couple other games. I'm really intrigued by Greg. How about the bears and the Packers? The Packers right now (laughs) are in playoff positioning Meanwhile, the Bears, five and two in their last seven. Yep. And even those two they lost, Greg, they were up double digits in the fourth quarter at Cleveland and at Detroit. So the Bears are playing at a high level. I saw it up close and personal on Sunday. They played very well against the Atlanta Falcons. Curious as to what you're seeing from both these teams and young quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, let's start with Jordan Love, who, if you go by numbers, and and, then tape tells you this as well, has played as well as any quarterback in the league since about week nine. He has really continued to improve. Um, I thought this this past game may have been his best game of his season, given the degree of difficulty of the defense he was playing against with all the disguise and late coverage rotation. Um, He had a real refined sense of timing and rhythm. He made some big-time throws. Um, He's just really settled in. And you know, I think people have lost sight of the fact that this guy is a high-level traits quarterback. I mean, you know, because he sat for so long and because when he came out of college off a bad or a relatively bad final season in Utah State, uh, people thought, oh, this guy can't play. But he is a big-time traits player. He's kind of settling in. Um, and, and you know, he's a very aggressive thrower, Ross. So he, he might make some throws where you shake your head. He might throw a pick where you go, oh, what's he doing? But, you know, he has clearly become a more poised, composed player who has every trait you want with a quarterback. Talking about Fields, who you got an opportunity to see, Fields is a really interesting guy because he's up and down in terms of his overall field vision and his capacity to process with the needed speed and clarity from the pocket. Earlier in the season, you would say he's doing that at below the necessary level. Now I think he's above the necessary level, but he certainly doesn't have high-level elimination and isolation traits. But it's a sliding scale when you have quarterbacks that are so dynamic with their playmaking traits. I mean, he does not have to be Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Yeah, Do you want to keep working to try to get as close to that as possible? Of course. But ultimately, he's such a dynamic playmaker. And let's not lose sight of the fact that he makes big-time throws as well. You saw it for yourself, starting with the first play of the game in the snow. I mean, he can make big-time throws. He was really impressive. And and honestly, talking with him the day before the game, he was very impressive in that capacity too, Greg. And I'm really happy to hear that because I don't get to see that, you know, sitting in my office watching tape, you know, so I don't get that part of it. But, I mean, he's he's clearly improved, 
And with that defense improved and an O-line, that's probably going to continue to get better. They probably would like some more skilled position players. But, you know, Fields has been a clearly improving player. And that kind of dynamic playmaking ability, that doesn't just drop out of the sky, Ross. No, I mean, he they, they need another receiver. And, yeah. um, but he was just impressive. We talked about, he's like, listen, man, one time uh, things in my life didn't go the way I planned at all. And it turned out way better. And so I'm just going to do my thing and whatever right. happens, happens. And obviously talking about going to Georgia, not able to beat out Jake Fromm. So he has to transfer to Ohio State and he ends up having a great career at Ohio State. Right, so he, right, he has right. a good perspective on kind of letting it go. And man, Greg, his ability, I mean, his running ability and escape ability, it's outrageous. I mean, it's he outrageous. had two Z linemen on him. And he's so strong that he's able to break their tackles, and then he's so fast. I mean, it's, he uh, he's he's impressive. You want to talk about impressive physical traits? Very, ah, very impressive. I agree. Physical traits. All right. I want to make sure we get to Dolphins and the Bills Sunday night. AFC East is on the line. Greg, what are you going to be looking for in that one? Ooh. This is a fascinating game. I mean, the Bills' pass game has not been really good of late. Um, you know, Josh Allen, and he even admitted he did not throw the ball particularly well this past week. Um, you know, so we'll see. Because, you know, I, they've shown at times they can run the ball, but they're not really a running football team. I mean, you go into a big game like this, I would, I would personally find it hard to believe that this is not, in their mind, a Josh Allen game. I think he's going to have to play really well. And by saying that, I don't mean he has to drop back 50 times, but he's going to have to play well. I don't think they're winning this game with Josh Allen throwing the ball 22 times. They're going to have to throw the football. And don't forget, this is a Dolphin defense now that is down people. Um, from what we hear, Xavier Howard may not go. Obviously, they lost Chubb. Um, Melvin Ingram might be the guy that has to get meaningful snaps. He's has not looked particularly good on tape the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll see how, how they play defensively. On the other side of the ball, there's no mystery to what the Dolphins are. You know, we know that they are a quick rhythm timing passing game. You've got to take away those throws. The Bills have played against two extremely well. It's a division game. They understand those route concepts. They understand the formations. They understand how to play it. That doesn't mean that they're going to stop it because it's tough to stop. Um, but, you know, I think that one key player in this game, I think, for Miami is Devin Achan. He's kind of become a little bit of an X factor for them. Um, and he's someone we didn't talk about. He wasn't a factor. I don't even think he played in the first game. I can't remember. But, you know, he certainly wasn't a factor in their offense through the early part of the season. And, you know, he's now become a bit of an X factor. He lines up all over the formation. And that speed is, you know what speed does. It's very tough to deal with. Check him out on social media so you always know what he's up to. He is the man. I mean, Jack is going to kill me. I have like eight clips <laughs> on social media. Terrible or great or wonderful, depending on your perspective. At Greg Cosell. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Man, he is so good. You know what else is so good? Getting a new bathtub or a new shower. It's 2024. It's a new year. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. To upgrade your lifestyle, do it with my friends at westshorebath.com. I can't tell you how much I love these guys and the experience that we had. In fact, I'll probably talk to you guys about it later, but 
we're actually going to get a new front door from them as well because we had such a positive experience with the two upstairs showers. The one in my daughter's room, the other one in the guest room, just amazing. Fast, easy, convenient. They come whenever you want them to come to go over it. And then they do the whole thing in a day, which is just nuts. Go to westshorebath.com for a free design consultation. Westshorebath.com. Tux takes. All right, Ross, the Lions, they cut Bruce Irvin while the Browns sign offensive lineman Roger Saffold. The Jaguars activate the window for wide receiver Christian Kirk. And the Cardinals left tackle DJ Humphrey suffered a torn ACL. Well, I, I mentioned this, I think, was that yesterday? I was talking about Tyree Phillips for the Giants. Just awful for DJ Humphreys. Awful. I mean, they're not going to the playoffs. Second to last game. And now he has to rehab that all offseason. Still might not be ready for the start of next season. That is the worst. These other things, Christian Kirk, that'd be big for the Jags to get him back. Browns, you know, the Jets, Roger Saffold must have asked the Jets to release him so that he could sign with like a playoff team, which is exactly what he did. So now the Browns have some depth. Saffold to pick up a playoff check. And then Bruce Irvin, the Lions just, they, they weren't really using him. They didn't really need him. Tyreek Hill and his family are safe after a, fi- a fire that was at his home. That was scary, looking at some of those pictures, some of those videos. Uh, speaking of scary, by the way, some people still don't realize that when the clock stops in this podcast, or whenever the game clock stops in the game you're watching, that that's when it's time to order with DoorDash. You're feeling like you want tacos during a timeout? Boom, they're on your doorstep. You want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. Anyway, for Tyreek Hill, though, did I ever tell you, Jack, that we actually had a fire at my house my senior year of high school? No, you did not tell me that. Yeah, not good. Not good. The the contents of the dryer lit on fire somehow. And actually, evidently, this was like a thing with the manufacturer. And basically, our house, like, it didn't get knocked all the way down, but the whole first floor was just done. We had to move out of my house senior year of high school, which really, really stunk for a bunch of different reasons. So anyway, the most important thing is that everybody is safe. Material things can be replaced somehow, some way. I'm glad Tyreek Hill, but that's, you want to talk about a distraction for this week. That is not easy to deal with. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. I'm telling you guys, it'll be Valentine's Day before you realize it. Get ahead of it now with MyFrontPageStory.com. I'm a big fan of doing things way ahead of time and not procrastinating. Just get it done. Have it totally wrapped and ready to go well in advance of Valentine's Day. BackOfficeSchedule.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing.